I'm Michael Foster. You're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. We're going to continue and and finish up our short series on how to lead your wife. These series are going to sometimes come out of order. In other words, we'll do part one, two, three, and then uh, really not do anything for several uh, weeks, turn to a different topic, different subject, and then maybe continue the series. We're doing that because, uh, one, we don't want to get stuck in one topic for, for too long, but also as as God teaches us and we learn things and, and find ways to articulate it, we want to be able to return to uh, the series. So this was just a primer, just a foundational way to you know kind of develop a mindset towards leading a wife. And we're going to finish it up today with the hardest part, which means uh, we're going to talk about how leading a wife means calling her to follow. It's easy to drift off mission. Being born again results in a radical break with sin, and that's what we talked about on our last uh, episode, part two. But it doesn't obliterate those old desires. We find, uh, we all find ourselves in an intense spiritual struggle. Paul says, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh in Galatians 5.17. The same voice that was in Cain, the weakened remains in us. It tempts us to lay aside kingdom work and build for our own selfish purposes. Therefore, we must constantly rely not just ourselves, but our entire household to the mission of God. Some of this realignment can happen simply through the pool of a man's gravitas, but not all of it. A good man can't just lead by example. There's this, a lot of people will say, uh, preach the gospel and use words when necessary, right? Well, we know that's not true. The gospel is words. And there's other people that will say, hey, you should just lead by example. No, no, uh, a, a leader leads both by example and command. So he must call those under him, including his wife, to follow in his tracks as he follows Christ. Like Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And this is a big topic, right? There are a few aspects of leading by calling that we, we want to consider here. First, you must yourself be willing to be called back to the mission. This means cultivating a soft heart by searching out your own sins and receiving correction from those who love you enough to wound you. Think of Psalm 130. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquity, O Lord, who could stand? Also in Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Humility is a powerful source of moral authority. People on the whole will be more apt to receive correction from a man who's dealt with his own sin. That's why Matthew 7, 5 says, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. A lot of people take that verse and twist it to make it uh, say that you're not supposed to ever judge anyone or point out any um, faults. Of course, that's not what it says at all. It's, it's an issue of priority. You're not to criticize people hypocritically. 
but to deal with yourself first so you can help your brother get the speck out of his eye. Now, humility also tempers the correction you yourself have to give, preventing it from being either harsh or limp. A man who does not himself know repentance will compensate for his hidden sins in one of two ways. First, by being tyrannical on the sins of others. A hard heart makes you hypersensitive to judgment and dull to kindness. You become acutely aware of the punishment you deserve from your judge, but numb to the compassion you receive and forgiveness from your father. It's a cliche that the men who are most vocal about the sins of others tend to be the same ones who are eventually exposed participating in those very sins. You can think of that pastor out there in Colorado that was um, part of, oh, I can't think of his name right now. But he was always, you know, against the uh, sin of homosexuality, as you ought to be. But then it turned out he was like hooking up with gay prostitutes, and and so that is this obviously isn't true every time because this is something that liberals and mockers will use against us. Oh, you're just talking about the you're just talking about masculinity because you're insecure in your masculinity. But there is, there is something when someone keeps bringing up sin, the same sin over and over again, or being super hard on it, that it seems to be a tell of what's going on um, in their own heart. And that's where that cliche or that saying, the thief thinks everyone steals. You start reading your motives into other people if you're not dealing with them. So deal with them. The second way you can compensate for your hidden sin is by being tolerant of the sins of others. Romans 1 says that those given over to sins not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. You cannot consistently and steadfastly discipline others when you are not disciplining yourself. You cannot play chicken with God. Eventually you will flinch and swerve. Again, it's a cliche that those who are most leaning on the sins of others tend to be the same ones who are eventually exposed participating in those very sins. And we've seen this with a lot of these uh, Christian celebrities of one form or another they they come out soft on homosexuality or soft on fornication and then they're caught up in an adultery or they come out of the closet themselves and so that's a, a larger um degree of sin but even with little things we'll 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 excuse our, our sins in our children uh in our wife um, or will come down on them really hard. And that's why you have to cultivate humility. You cannot be a Pharisee if you wish to lead your wife. You cannot try to clean the outside while neglecting the filth inside. Luke 11 says, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but inside you, you are full of robbery and wickedness. You foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give that which is within as charity. So you must attend first to your own discipleship, humbling yourself before God. Then as Paul says, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Be humble. Deal with your sin. Not so you'll be quiet. Not so you'll just sit there in the corner and, and let your household go to hell. But so when you speak, you speak with some moral authority. When a humble man speaks, and he speaks in a very powerful way, people listen. Not everyone, but people will be more apt to listen. So cultivate that virtue. Now also, you need to cultivate wisdom. 
you must develop an ability to discern how and why someone has diverged from the mission. So you have to ask yourself, how have they diverged? Is it from the Word of God itself or from your particular application of it? These are related, but not the same. God's Word lays out general principles, which we in turn apply to our particular situations. Knowing how to apply them is the lion's share of the virtue of wisdom that we identified earlier. And so when you turn to books like Proverbs, what you see is, is not like, okay, in this situation you do this, in this situation you do that. Rather, you see here's general principles that you need to really soak in and learn how to apply. And I was always taught that Proverbs are kind of like Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers aren't something that you like. You, you're not supposed to chew them, at least. I know some people do. That's terrible for your teeth. But you're supposed to toss them around in your mouth and suck on it and get the juice out of it and let it slowly melt. And so it is with developing wisdom. It requires meditation and consideration. And, and through that, you learn, okay, Scripture doesn't say anything directly on this situation. But here's the broad principles of Scripture. Let's bring them to bear. For example, God commands us to wisely and generously steward the resources he has entrusted to us. You see this in Proverbs 3, 9, where he says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your uh, produce. Applying this principle often takes the form of a family budget. By diverging from a family budget, or excuse me, but diverging from a family budget isn't always a sin. Dealing with diversions from God's law itself is straightforward, though not, of course, always easy. Uh, dealing with diversions from, your, from the application of God's law requires careful consideration. So that's why you have to ask, why have they diverged? To take the previous example, why is your wife spending money on things not in the household budget? First, it could be an issue of clarity. Perhaps you failed to communicate how resources should be used. Maybe you don't have uh, an explicit budget and need to create one. And so clarity is always an issue with uh, leadership. Have you communicated uh, your expectations? Have you told them what to do when they can't fulfill them for some circumstance outside of their um, control? And so you see this not just in marriages, but between parents and children, employers and employees. It's why it's always great to have a job description where when you take a job so you know what, what your responsibilities are. So have you communicated in a way that it's understood? Women can't read your mind. We hate it when they expect us to read their mind. And so let's, let's be consistent and not hypocritical. Speak with clarity. It could also be just an issue of reality. You may have created an unrealistic budget that sets your wife up for failure. She overspent on the gas because your car just won't travel 800 miles on $10. Or kitchen appliances aren't included in the budget, but this week the blender broke. This isn't moral failure. The failing is in the limitation of the budget. So are you being realistic? Are you, are you asking her to do something that she can actually do? If not... Now, the problem is with the vision, with the mission, with the, the expectation, and it needs to be brought back in line with reality. And it could be simply that she sinned. She saw that $500 hat or whatever and coveted it more than the needs of her household. Hopefully you can return it so you won't be uh, you know, eating just rice and beans this month. So yeah, that's what you have to ask. Why? Was it clarity? Was it an issue of reality, or was it just plain old-fashioned sin? How you lead your wife back on mission will be determined by what caused her to get off mission. If it is 
a matter of clarity, work to communicate more effectively so you guys get on the same page. If it's a matter of reality, work together to create realistic goals and expectations. If it's a matter of sin, gently lead her to repentance and work to restore her to a right relationship with God and yourself. And the last thing you really need to develop as you lead your wife and call her back to mission is firmness, which is that you must be resolved in your own mind to not let matters slip. The work of leading by calling is hard. It requires spiritual maturity. You must take to heart the counsel of James. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's a verse that should be every man's uh, memory verse, because we all can get very frustrated. But that frustration doesn't produce good fruit in itself. A humble man with a clearly communicated mission is a dangerous weapon in the hands of the Lord. Be that man. Undertake the dominion God has given you. Work for his name. Grow in gravitas. Establish the mission of your household. And patiently correct anyone who diverges from it. So until next time, be on alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. (laughs) 